0: this series uh, called I am Jesus and uh, in this series we've been looking at different statements in uh, the book of John uh, where Jesus says uh, I am statements and so if you have your Bibles I want you to open to the book of John chapter 8 and uh, we're going to look there together in just a moment and uh, as you do uh, I want you to uh, know how thankful I am Uh, For each of you and how awesome it is uh, to come together in person and uh, I know some of you are not able to be in person uh, with us uh, and we welcome you today as well. Uh, But I just want you to know that we're just grateful to have all of you here today. Come on, tell somebody you look really good today. Would you do that? (laughs) Amen. If I could get you to uh, back there, if I could get you to get the the ring out of my mic, that would be great. I'm afraid it's a little bit loud. I don't want to hurt your ears. Amen. All right, John chapter 8, verse 12. Said Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of of the world. Let me ask you, how many of you were, will just be brave enough to admit or, or bold enough to admit that when you were a kid you were afraid of the dark. Raise your hand, how huh? you were afraid of the dark you didn 't want to go to sleep, had to have a light in in the closet or whatever. Come on, be honest, just raise your hand all right, keep your hand up if you 're still afraid of the dark oh, some of you are really kind of brave there, right? Uh, <laughs> I remember um, growing up, of course you know kids we lived in this uh, this big brick four story house. Uh, uh, on the side of town in Coshocton, and not four story, four bedroom house, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, and, and every kid had their own bedroom, and you know, that's great when they're a little bit older, but when they're younger, they're not real excited about having their own bedroom, are they? And uh, so uh, one, of my, one of my daughters, I won't tell you which one, well, I will, I don't want to embarrass Beth, it was Jessica, she doesn't mind me telling you. She's not here today, so I, she's, she's in South Florida, so she can't stop me. But she was also afraid of bugs. How many of you are afraid of bugs? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, and uh, so she was, and anything she ever saw to her was a bug. And I can't tell you how many times I had to get out of bed and go into Jessica's bedroom and uh, kill a piece of dust, or or uh, uh, kill a, a spot on the ground. I said, like, "Yeah, we got it, we got it." And and uh, one night uh, she started hollering, "Daddy, daddy, daddy, daddy!" And I said, "Oh, Crystal, will you take one for the team? And will you go, uh, will you go kill the bug for me?" And she said, "Oh, I guess I'll do that." So she went in, and about the time that she got in there, they both started screaming, ah, 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 screaming. I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" I was almost asleep. So I decided, all right, I'll go in and I'll be the man. So I walked into the bedroom and a bat was flying around the room like this. And then I started going, ah, 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 like this, you know. And uh, so, uh, you know, I have to admit that there's some things that I don't like, and I don't like having any kind of bird, let alone a bat, flying around. In the room, I just uh, that's just not that's just not me. And so I, I, I sent them out, and I, I, I think we grabbed a trash can and a broom, and we caught that thing, and we didn't kill it, we didn't kill it, we captured it, and I took it to the whole other end of town and released it, so someone else could be bothered by the bat. Amen. All right. So anyway, you know what what happens in the dark usually is not a, a good thing, and uh, especially when it's bugs and bats. But Jesus says. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now contrast that with the enemy who Jesus is the light, God is the light. The enemy is the prince of darkness. And so we have to understand that Jesus came to defeat the prince of darkness. And how does he do that? He comes by being the light of darkness, the light of, of the world. Acts 26:17 says, "Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from power of Satan to God. Today we're going to look at the story of the woman that was caught in adultery. And this happened just before Jesus said that, I am the light. And and I think it's important for you to see the story and for us to understand the story, for us to really understand what Jesus was saying when he said... I am the light. So today, if you have your notes, have them handy, have your Bible open or your Bible app open to the book of John, chapter 8. We're going to talk about the law, we're going to talk about the love, and we're going to talk about the light. Now, you might be thinking here this morning, now, why are we going to talk about the law? I thought we were not under the law anymore. I thought we were under grace. You're absolutely right. But there's a place where we have to start. We have to start with the law, and that moves us into understanding the grace and then realizing why Jesus really is the light. So let's do that today. I want you to bow your heads, and let's ask God to just really bless our time together and uh, anoint our time. Lord, we love you so much, and thank you, for this time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we can just shout out your name, that you are the mercy giver. Lord, you are the one that gives us grace and help and hope in the time of need. And right now, we just lift up our hearts to you. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts through your word in a mighty way. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The law, the love, and the light. Well, we're going to look at John chapter 8, verse 2, and we're going to look at a scripture that helps us understand why all of these are important. So if you're taking notes before we read the story, I want you to write this down. The law reveals our guilt. The law reveals our guilt. In other words, if we didn't have the law, we wouldn't know when we were doing something wrong. Am I right? And, and in this story, we find this, this lady who was caught in adultery. It says, At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees, in other words, the church leaders, those who were very judgmental, those who were law-abiding citizens, if you will, of the kingdom, brought in a woman who was caught in adultery. Now, I want you to notice... She was guilty. She was caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now stop right there. I want you to understand what they were doing here. They did this very often in Scripture. The church leaders and the Pharisees and Sadducees and all of them would come to Jesus and they would try to trick him up. They would ask him questions and try to get him to answer in such a way that they could hold it against him. So that's what's happening here, just like uh, we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago where they said, all right, what's the greatest commandment? And they thought they were going to have him pick one out so he could say, they could say, well, are you saying these other commandments aren't important? Or are you saying, why is that one more important? And so they're trying to trick him. Are you with me? So they made their, her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, notice they're, they're bringing out the law, Moses commanded us, to stone such a woman now what do you say and they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him now i want you to understand in this story according to the law she was guilty so that is why we say that the law is there to show us our guilt Jesus understood that we needed to go deeper but they really did have her dead to rights in fact to the Jews this was one of the three worst sins and it merited her being stoned to death and so they knew that they had that they they were pretty sure they had it all figured out a way to trick Jesus because they knew Jesus was trying to be the love and the light and all that and they, they were trying to trick him okay are you with me So they were trying to trap jesus if jesus agreed with them then his reputation for loving people was going to go out the window they knew that if if, if he agreed with them which they were hoping that he would that then they could say see he really doesn't love people he really doesn't here's this loving god and he agrees with us that we should stone her to death but if he forgives and he's and he says it's i forgive you then he's breaking the law of moses he's He's basically condoning adultery in their eyes. So they think they've got Jesus dead to rights. And whatever he does, they've got him painted into a corner. And, uh, and whatever decision he makes, they can go back and say, See, I told you he wasn't somebody that loves everybody. Or, See, I told you that he condones sin. But understand that the law was not there to condemn us. The law was there to show us our need for forgiveness. The law reveals our guilt. In fact, let me just ask you, and I will be the first one to raise my hand. I will ask you, how many of you in your lifetime ever, 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 if you've ever, anybody ever lied? Raise your hand, huh? Okay, yeah, I think. you. How many of you would raise your hand, just be honest, sometime in your lifetime, you've ever stolen anything? Raise your hand, okay. Yes, I have my hand up. I was in junior high, and God help me. He did forgive me. I was at a mission uh, for uh, alcoholics, and, and uh, I was with one of the, one of the, the uh, guys there in the dorm, and uh, I put some money in the thing. And he said, why are you putting money in the machine? I said, well, I want a Coke. And uh, he said, well, you don't have to put money in the machine. All you got to do is just shake it and then reach your hand up and you can get your own Coke. I said, oh, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> so I grabbed the one that I paid for, and then I started fishing for another one. And I fished up there, and I, I brought me. Now I've got two of them. I paid for one. And I got one for free. I said, oh, thanks for the tip. That's great. And so I really didn't think much about it. Shame on me. Yeah, I was a Christian, but I don't know why I thought that was okay, but I just decided I would do it. Well, That was in Ohio. We lived in South Florida. We were traveling at the time. We were staying with friends. And uh, so when I got back down to Florida, I was in church one day, and the pastor was talking about stealing. And the Holy Spirit said, Phil, you stole. I said, no, I didn't. He said, yes, you did. You stole a Coke. Oh, that's not really stealing. If it didn't want you to steal it, it wouldn't be so easy to get, right? "No, No, no, no. You didn't pay for it. You stole that. And so I, uh, I don't know how many, I think it was only a quarter. You remember the days when a Coke was only a quarter, a can of Coke? Am I dating myself? I think you can actually go to Walmart out there in the side, and you can get those cheap ones for a quarter still. But anyway, I, I uh, confessed it to the Lord, and he said, now I want you to, I want you to confess it to the, to the director of the mission. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. That's too embarrassing. No, no. So I sat down, and I wrote a letter. My mom helped me uh, put it in an envelope, and I put uh, 50 cents in there. I doubled the money that I owed, and I sent it back to him, and I told him the story. I said, I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. And uh, and God, I just had this great, great uh, thing lift off of me. I just felt like, wow, I, I wish I'd have done that sooner. I didn't even realize how that was kind of holding me down. And I was just a young boy at the time. Well, several weeks later, I got a letter back from the same guy. His name was Bruce, and he said, Phil, thank you for your honesty, and thank you for your integrity, and thank you for saying, uh, letting me know that you had done that. And uh, I just want you to know that I do forgive you, and uh, here's a dollar just to let you know that I love you. And I said, wow, I even got more money. Now, listen, I'm not saying that everybody's going to do that. I'm just telling you that if there wasn't a law, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not uh, take something from, I would not have been able to. Are you with me? The law is there. In other words, I look at it like a mirror. A mirror doesn't clean you up. It just shows you where you need to be cleaned up, right? The other day, I went to Wendy's. I was in a hurry, and I I, I grabbed a Wendy's chili and ate it as fast as I could because I had a lot of things I needed to do that day. And several hours later, I went into the restroom, and I looked into the mirror as I was washing my hands, and I had this great big glob of chili right here on my shirt, right underneath. I'm like, I've talked, and talked to several people today, and not one of them told me that I had chili on my shirt. So I said, that's pretty cool. I'm still hungry anyway. And I just said, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. I promise. I promise I didn't. <laughs> Probably the most embarrassing thing. Now, that's the bad thing when they don't tell you, right? But when I looked in the mirror, it told me, hey. You've got something you need to clean up, are you with me? So the law is the mirror, it helps us know. That is why God gives us the Bible, for us to read the Bible and for us to know whether it is right or whether it is wrong. And you might say, well, I didn't know it was wrong. Well, now you do, so the Holy Spirit says, now you need to make it right. You say, do I really? Yes, because it's it, the Holy Spirit, that's how he grows us, that's how he learns us. Now, I do appreciate Caitlin the other day, um, She came up to me and she said, what would you have for breakfast? I said, I don't know. And then Daniel walked up and said, hey, have you had some mustard? I said, no mustard. I looked at my shirt, didn't see anything on it. It was in my beard. Come on, church. Come on now. How many of you know I need to have a bib that starts about right here when I eat and make sure? But at least they told me. But let me tell you something. You can't depend on your friends to tell you that you have chili on your shirt or something in your goatee right you have got to go to the word so don't despise i guess what i'm trying to say is don't despise the law embrace it because it's god's way of helping us understand how to live a holy life as a christ follower now we don't do it out of out of uh Uh, out of obligation, we don't do it out of drudgery, we do it out of love. The Holy Spirit prompts us and says, this is what I would like for you to do. I don't know if you've ever sped before, but I used to speed a lot. In fact, I had what we used to call a fuzz buster. Do they call that anymore? I think now it's called a radar detector. And I had one of those things. I drove for a living. Uh, This was when I was bivocational, and and I would drive during the day, and so I wanted to be sure and get to point A and point B as fast as I could, right? And so one day, um, I was going up the road. I was in a hurry. I was late for supper, and, uh, you know, the... Fuzzbuster didn't tell me there was any cops. All of a sudden, in my rear view mirror, I see an unmarked Chevy charger with the lights coming on. Boom, boom, like this. I'm like, oh, he got me. So he walked up to the window. He said, uh, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, Absolutely. I was speeding. Just give me the ticket. I've got no excuse. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> he did. He gave me a ticket. He gave me a ticket. It's kind of like Billy Graham got pulled over for speeding. It's a true story. One time Billy Graham got pulled over for speeding, and uh, the officer walked up to him and said, do you understand why I pulled you over? And Billy Graham said, yes, I do. He said, do you know who I am? And he said, yes, I do. You're Billy Graham, and you should know better. And he wrote him a ticket, huh? <laughs> but I don't have time to tell you this times when, when, when I've gotten out of a ticket. Now, I had still broken the law, but the officer understood that it wasn't on purpose. Stick with me here because this is very important. I'll tell you one instance. I was downtown uh, Cincinnati. This was early on in our marriage, and, and this is back when we used to have libraries. You used to have to go to a library and check a book out if you wanted to read it. Those of you that are younger than me, that's, that's a thing. In fact, it's still a thing, but I don't think they use it much anymore. And uh, so it was right downtown, no place to park. So I, I dropped uh, crystal off and I said I'm gonna go around the block and then I'll pick you up after you come out. And so I dropped her off and I came around the corner and uh, as I came around the corner the light turned red. So I looked both ways and I turned right and a cop pulled me over. And I said what happened? He said well uh, you just uh, turned right on red. I said yeah that you're allowed to do it. said yes. But didn't you see the sign that said no right on red? I said I absolutely did not see that sign, officer, and I'm very sorry. You're right. I shouldn't have done that. And I said, I'm just going around the block to pick my wife up because she's dropping off a book. And now listen, he had me dead to rights. By law, he could have written me a ticket. But you know what he said? Mr. Spriggs, just be careful. Watch the signs. And uh, next time I might not be so nice. And he let me go. He showed me grace. Now that doesn't mean I didn't break the law. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have hauled me in. He, he could have done anything he wanted to. There's been times when, I, when they do, when they don't. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But what I want you to get right here is, it's very important for you to understand the, that, that the law is, is imperative for us to understand what is right and wrong. Don't hate the 10 commandments because the 10 commandments, Jesus didn't do away with them, he summarized them love God with all your heart so that you won't have other idols in front of you and you won't take his name in vain love others as yourself so you won't murder them amen right so he knows if you'll just do these you're going to keep the coming are you with me so far so it might be a little surprising for me to start out this message talking about the law but i think sometimes we throw it away because we say well you know i'm under grace i'm not under the law but that doesn't mean that we don't keep the law by the way after that incident with uh, getting pulled over with a fuzzbuster, I threw away uh, the, the radar detector. I never bought another one, and I always keep it within four or five. Uh, I, I do everything I can to keep it right in there where I'm allowed. and where the, I've actually asked police officers, and I don't see Carl in here, but I've asked police officers. I've said, you know, what are you, what are you looking for? They said, as long as you're within four miles of the speed limit, you're good to go. I said, all right, I'm going to do that. That's good. Let me illustrate it this way. If someone came up to me one day and said, I paid a $500 fine for you that you didn't know about, I just want you to know, I'd go, well, what for? Well, I just wanted to do it. Well, that wouldn't mean that much to me because I didn't even know I owed $500. But if they walked up to me and they said, you know what? Uh, I just paid a $500 fine for you because whether you knew it or not, you just went 55 through a school zone and the speed limit was 20 and the fine for that is $500 and I went ahead and paid that off for you. All of a sudden, it means more to me because I know I actually did something where I would have had to pay that $500. Are you tracking with me? So here is really the most important for us to embrace the law because without the law, we don't understand how great, uh, awesome thing it is that Jesus did When he died for our sins on the cross. He died for all of that. Were we guilty? Absolutely. Did he have us dead to rights? Absolutely. But because of, and this takes us to the next one, because of his love we find grace. Because of his love, he says, you know what? I could write you a ticket. I could haul you off. Yes, you did do it wrong, but write this down. The love reveals God's grace. The love reveals God's grace. Look what it says in John chapter 8 verse 6. I hope you're with me here, but Jesus bent down and started to write in the ground with his finger. Now you remember the picture, they've got stones in their hand. They're ready to stone her to death and they've got her dead to rights. Is she guilty? Is she guilty? Yes, she is. Does she deserve according to the law? Does she deserve death? Yes, she does deserve according to the law. Now we don't think she deserves death for that, obviously, but according to their law, that's what she deserved. But Jesus stopped for a moment. He recognized, they're trying to trap me. They're trying to, take it. They're, they're trying to get me to say something so they can hold it against me. And it says in verse 6, Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. Now, if you ever ask, well, what did he write? Well, I'll just tell you, we don't know what he was writing. But a lot of scholars suggest, because of the wording of it, is that he bent down and began to write the sin of the accusers. He began to write down the things that the stone throwers had done. And he began to write out there lying, adultery, whatever it was. And they began to see that. Understand that Jesus... Is God in the flesh. So he knew everything. And so as he began to write, they began to realize something is going on here. I think we might have messed up. Look what it says in verse 7. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is out sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Notice what he says there, let anyone who is without sin, let anyone who has never sinned, let any of anyone who has, done any, has never done anything wrong be the first to throw the stone. Now we've already established that we're sitting in a room full of liars and thieves, right? Huh? <laughs> so guess what? That's why we say as, a, as, as Christians and believers, it is not our job to judge or to lay down the law. It's our job to love, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to be the mirror and to expose to them what it is that they need to make right in their life. Amen? Make it personal. It is the Holy Spirit's job to be your mirror and to help you know what areas in your life that you need to confess or you need to work on or you need to make right in your life. Hmm. John 8, verse 8, the next verse. Again, he stooped down, And wrote on the ground. Remember, we're talking about grace. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. They just dropped their rocks and walked away. The older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her. Listen to this. Woman, where are they? Who has condemned you? No one sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you. You see by God's grace you are not what you did, you are what Jesus has done in your life. Some of you need to let that sink down, some of you need to write it down somewhere in in your notes, I am not what I did, I am what Jesus has done. Come on, I am not what I did. I am what Jesus has done. Revelation 12 calls Satan the accuser. And what he'll do is he'll come in and he'll begin to remind you of those things that are already under the blood, already forgiven, already made right. And he'll try to beat you down and get you depressed and get you discouraged. And, and, and he reminds you of your past. Well, here's what I want you to do. Every time Satan comes along and reminds you of your past, I want you to remind him of his future. Come on, that was about a halfway amen. Somebody needs to say amen in here. Every time Satan comes and reminds you of your past, you need to stand right up and remind him of his future because we know that Jesus won over sin, death, and the grave, and we are victorious over sin. Amen? Amen. Neither do I condemn you, says Jesus to you. I'm an android guy and i'm not going to get into an argument with you i know you apple people you love your iPhones and that's great and i actually had an iPhone but i chose to be a, an android guy and and do you know why you know why i'm an android guy i'll just tell you why because i have a family full of apple owners and i never go without a charger <laughs> Get it? (laughs) Come on. I always have a charger because everybody else, where's my charger? Have you seen my charger? Have you seen my charger? No, that's my charger. Well, I put tape on my charger. Well, my charger was sitting over there, and I say, got mine because I got an Android phone. I don't have an iPhone. Amen? Anyway, I had an iPhone. It was a 3GS, brand new, right off the market. Just to tell you about how long it was. It was back in 2000. Uh, eight, maybe around in there. Uh, I got a, a 3GS iPhone. I mean, it was the latest and greatest, and it was beautiful, and I loved it. I loved technology, and I was just enjoying that so much until about 16 hours after I bought it, I got out of the phone, out of the car, and dropped it on the ground, and the screen cracked. So just like with anything else, I just called Apple, and I said, Apple, your screen cracked, and they said, no, no, your screen cracked. And they said, "We don't fix that." I said, "Oh, wait a minute! This has a warranty on it." Yeah, but the warranty is for everything else except for the broken glass. Anybody else ever been through this? Huh? They would not fix it. So I'm like, "Okay." So you know, I was new to the iPhone thing. I didn't realize this. So for the next year, I lived with a cracked iPhone screen. It was still new. It was still nice. But I just lived with it because Apple said no. The law is. The rules are that if you break the screen. then you've you got to get it fixed yourself. Well, about a year later, my phone started acting up. The, the software started acting up, and it started shutting off on me and acting funny and doing different things. And so I called Apple. I said, uh, my phone is acting. And they, we walked through all of that, and, and they said, yeah, absolutely. That should not be doing that. That, that definitely is a warranty item. Hold on just a minute, uh, Mr. Spriggs. I'll be right back with you. And so uh, several uh, Muzak minutes later, uh, she comes back to me, and uh, she says, you know, uh, I do agree with you that uh, your, your phone is not working right, and that is a warranty item, but I notice here that uh, the screen is cracked. Is that right? I noticed that uh, you called a while back. The screen, Yes, the screen is cracked. Oh, then we can't do anything about it. I'm sorry, Mr. Spriggs, you'll just have to keep that phone on. But what do you mean? It's not the screen anymore. It's not working right. No, no. The rules say, and she's got this whole list of rules and laws in front of her, the rules say, I can't replace that iPhone. So I said, could I talk to your manager, please? How many of you are really worried right now about what I'm about to say? (laughs) I would be too. (laughs) But I learned my lesson many times that you get a lot more with honey than you do with vinegar, right? And so she picked up the phone, the manager said, hello, Mr. Spriggs, can I help you? I said, yes, I hope so. I said, I know, I know you've got the book open right now. I know you see that my screen is cracked. I know that the book says that you're not allowed to replace my phone. I get all that, I know, I understand it. I'm not even arguing with that, I get that. But I've had this phone, I, I literally cracked the screen within 24 hours of me purchasing the phone. And I've lived with a cracked screen for a whole year. And now the problem is not the screen. The problem Are you tracking with me? So I said, could I just ask for you to give me grace and replace my phone, even though your rules and your laws say that you're not allowed? Well, hold on, Mr. Spriggs. I'll be right back. More Muzak. Don't you love that Muzak? I don't need to... You know... And she comes back, Mr. Spriggs, we're really sorry. Oh, this is not going to be good. (laughs) We're really sorry that you've had to live with a cracked screen for a whole year. And even though we're not supposed to, you know what? We're going to go ahead and send you a brand new iPhone. And we just want you to know that we thank you for your attitude. And I said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The new phone came. I opened it up. I set it on the counter. I went and bought an OtterBox case, put that thing on there and said, never again I've learned my lesson. But what did did she say? You know, you deserve to just live with that phone because that's what our rules say. But I'm going to give you grace. How many of you know that Jesus has grace no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done? That's what Jesus says to you. You are what I've done for you. I want you to notice something else. Jesus didn't say you're forgiven, but I understand the way things are, and I know, I know that you've really had a, a rough time. So just, if you would, just try to sin less. Just try to sin less. I want you to write those two words down, sin less, as if Jesus would tell us to please just sin less. Write that down somewhere in your notes, sin less. Two words, sin, L-E-S-S. That's not what Jesus says to us. He doesn't say, if you could just try, maybe, maybe on the weekends you could try to be a good person and not lie so much, or maybe when you're around family, or maybe when you're at church, just try to sin. He didn't say that. He said, here's what I'm asking you to be. I want you to, a, I want you to put those two words together. I'm wanting you, I'm asking you to be sinless. Do you see that? Look what he says. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life Sin. You see, here's where we get messed up. We think that because we're under grace and not under law, we can just go out and just sin all we want because it's we're already okay. No, no. Jesus doesn't say that. He said, "Go and sin no more. Leave your life." of sin. There's an urgency here. You notice how he says, go now. I want you to circle that word now. He is saying to us today, go now and sin no more. I believe that this is a proof text to help us understand that as believers, we can live a victorious Christian life. We don't have to sin. It's not that we won't sin, but if we do, it's not God's fault. His Holy Spirit will give us the strength to go and sin no more, to go and leave your life of sin. And if we don't, we're gonna deal with shame. We're gonna deal with not liking ourselves, maybe even being tempted to harm ourselves. Go now and leave your life of sin. So the law reveals our guilt. The love, aren't you glad, reveals God's grace. So here we are at the I am statement, you ready? The light reveals our hope. The light of Jesus says there's hope for you to turn around and live a new life. A new life. Verse 11 said, go now and leave this life of sin. It was full of hell, full of hope. Then verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, listen to this. Now we've got it in context, don't we? We've heard the story. Now he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Everyone say never. Will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. I forgive you. And I give you the light, which is the hope of the world, and I help you know every day what next step you need to take to live in victory. Amen? Why? Because at that moment, Jesus wasn't just the light of the world. Watch this. He was the light of her world. Somewhere down there, write this. Jesus is the light of my. Wow. Still in John, but in chapter 12, verse 46, it says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Here's what I want you to see from that. The light always defeats the darkness. Always. Come on church, say always. Always the light. There is not enough darkness in the world to put out the light of the smallest candle. When there is light in the room, you will see the light. There's not enough darkness. The enemy cannot cause enough darkness in this world. And I want to tell you, this world is chaotic. This world is a a mess, and we know it, and we see it, and we know that the enemy is doing everything he can to pull us in, to draw us in, to get us discouraged, to get us uh, to be a part of that. But I want to know, I want you to know, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and I will dispel the darkness if you will bring me inside as your Savior. Micah 7, 8. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, watch this. The Lord will be my light. I'm going to ask you to stand just very quietly. Just put your nose aside and just, just stick with me here for just a moment. Just hang with me. Just everybody stand for just a moment, if you can, if you're able. I want you to know, first of all, that the altars are always open. And so when I, when I come to a close, or even before, if you feel like you need to pray, the altar is always open. And so just like that, I'm gonna open the altar. But I don't want that to become a reason for you not to make some decisions today. Because I'll tell you, I've sat where you are a lot. And I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I've had the Holy Spirit say, Phil, you need to go down to the altar just as an act of submission, an act of, of just uh, awareing, awareness of my speaking to your heart. And I've kind of just pushed it off. And because I pushed it off, I pushed off everything He was telling me, so I don't want you to do that this morning. But I also don't want you to think that the altar is the only place that you can do business, because you can build an altar right where you're at. So I just want to say a prayer over you, and then I'm going to ask us to quietly make some decisions in our heart. Father, I pray right now in this quiet moment that Your Spirit would speak to us some of us have not allowed you to be the light, or we've allowed some darkness to creep in. Lord, we know that you have such awesome grace, and we know, Lord, that you are here with open arms to forgive us, and accept us, and to love us, and to strengthen us, and to put the light upon our path. And I believe, Lord, this morning your Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. I pray, Lord, all across this room that the answer would just simply be yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. So here's what I'm going to do. We're not gonna, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because this is, this is a decision that you make. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never asked Him into your life, you've never asked Him to become the light of your life, He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with him. I'll have a relationship with him. Today is your day. If there's anyone here today that has maybe let maybe a little bit of darkness kind of creep in and you still love Jesus and you're still forgiven and you you still have victory, but you've just allowed maybe the discouragement of the news or the darkness of, of family drama or or just something on social media has, has just been kind of creeping in and stealing your joy and kind of, kind of threatening the light that Jesus, the joy of Jesus in your life. And the Holy Spirit is saying, that's you. I, you need to let me be fully your light. You need to let me help you in those moments if that's you. Or if you're here today and you just say, Pastor, I... I just don't even know what God's asking, but I just feel like I just want to pray. I just want more of God. If you're in any one of those three categories, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, if one person will lead, others will follow. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to come and stand around this altar as an act of just surrender to Jesus. I would love it if we would just have all this whole front just feel, don't feel pressured to. I don't want you to do that. No one's going to look down on you. No one's going to judge you. I don't know where you are in your spiritual walk. Maybe no one in this room needed to even hear the sermon. Maybe it was just for me. But if you feel like today I just need to pray, I need to draw closer to him. On the count of three, I just want you to walk forward, and I want to say a prayer with you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on, come forward. Come on. Don't tarry. Don't wait. Just come. If the Holy Spirit, don't do it because Pastor Phil said, but if you just feel this tug in your heart, just come. You can stand, you can kneel, just come, just come. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You know how many times I've come to the altar just because I felt like God wanted me to pray. Don't feel, this, this, we're family. We're all. I'm just one beggar leaving another beggar to the bread. We're all, we're all in this boat together. I want to tell you something. There's something about making a public move when the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, says, Jesus, just, just touch me. Just touch me. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I just need you. I need more of you. And can I tell you something? I'm right there with you. I need more of Jesus. Every day I see how much more I need of him. And so as you're around this altar, you know why it is that the Holy Spirit drew you, and others are coming. I'm not going to draw this out. This is between you and God, and you know why you came. And if you came because of salvation, I just want you to, just the best way you know how, and the rest of you, if you're already Christians, you just kind of support this in prayer. Just the best way you know how. You don't have to say it out loud. Just right where you are. Say, dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you show grace when I don't deserve it. And I pray, Jesus, the best way I know how, that you would change me and make me a new person inside. I confess the things that I'm guilty of, not to Pastor Phil, not to anyone else. I just confess it to you, Jesus. I give it to you, and I ask you to forgive me. Make me a new person right now, I pray. Change me from the inside out. Come on, say this. Be the Lord of my life. Change me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now stay with me. If you prayed that prayer, this prayer is for you too. If you prayed that prayer, now I'm going to pray for the believers, everyone, and I'm going to ask God to complete whatever work it is that He's working in you right now. Whatever it is—discouragement, hurt, frustration, unforgiveness—I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to even start mentioning it because, you know, I don't want—I don't want you to think that. Well, he didn't mention mine, so I don't matter. No, you know what it is. It's it's not not of my business. Don't you love it that you don't have to go to Pastor Phil to make things right? You just go to Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my. So right now, Jesus, we bow in your presence, and we ask, Lord, for your grace and strength and hope and light. Lord, I pray right now that all across this altar, those that have come forward would sense that you're moving, that you've drawn them. And whatever it is that you're asking them to do, they would take that step right now in faith, in faith, believing that you are the same Jesus today that, that, that was the Jesus that, that touched this awesome uh, moment this, in this lady's life of forgiveness and grace and hope and light. And Lord, you have that for every one of us. And I pray, dear God, that as we leave this place, we would sense a fresh and anew hope and light strength forgiveness encouragement lord help us to just lay it at the altar right now do this for me those of you around the altar would you just hold your hands out like this just do this just hold your hands out okay and i want you to just imagine you can do it if you're out there in the seats and you feel led to do this you can as well i just want you to in your mind's eye i don't want you to speak it out it's none of my business I just want you to, in your mind's eye, place whatever it is that that's you're holding on to, that God is asking you. The, the, reason he, the reason He asked you to come to the altar, just, just visually, in your, in your mind's eye, put that right there in, in your hands. Just, just put it there. Just, just let it come out. Just come out. Just, just do that. Here's what I want you to do. As you're standing around that altar, I just want you to turn your hands over and just put it on the altar of Jesus and give it to Him. Just give it to Him. And when you walk back, I want you to leave it there and let the blood of Christ be the strength and the healing and the touch that's needed in that. I want to tell you something about the blood of Christ. Look up at me right here. The blood of Christ goes deeper than just forgiveness. Thank God for forgiveness. But his blood goes into the place of freedom and joy and hope and help in the time of the most difficult times. And that's what I ask for you. I love you. I'm honored to be your pastor. But more importantly, the Jesus that we read about is alive and well. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And when you leave this place, you're not leaving church, you're taking church with you because Jesus lives in you, Amen? amen? Come on church, can we just give God a praise for what he's doing today, come on. Amen. So God, I just give you praise for what you're doing. I give you praise in advance. Lord, I can't wait to hear the testimonies of victories that have been, that have taken place in this quiet moment before you. We give you glory and honor and praise for all that is accomplished. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Everyone say amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. You can go back to your seat as you feel comfortable doing that. The rest of you can have a seat. And uh, I just, man, I'll tell you what. God is amazing. God is amazing. I, I haven't made it a secret that, that uh, when God called me to be a pastor, I said, say what? <laughs> you want me to do what? Don't you know me? And, uh, you know, throughout my 30 years of ministry, we've had that conversation. Lord, why do you use me? But I tell you, it's these moments that make it worth it. And so here's what I always say after these kind of moments. I want you to know this. It's real. Come on, church, say it's real. It's real. It's real. Tell somebody, it's real. You hang on to that. You hang on to that. Well, we're going we're gonna to change uh, mood just a little bit. Uh, and uh, I'm just thanking God for what he did. And, and I've put this off long enough. I don't know. Do we have a hat today? Oh, <laughs> I was worried about that. How many remember what I said last week? If the church ever reached 300, what Pastor Phil had to do? So uh, come on up here, I guess. I'll, they, they've been waiting a long time for this. I, I, I don't know. Can I tell them to turn the cameras off? Can we do that? <laughs> Ushers, you come on up. We're going to pray over the off. We better pray before it gets silly in here, all right? Lord, thank you for your many blessings. We give because we love you. We don't give out of guilt. In fact, you, pray, you ask us not to give out of guilt. We don't give out of pressure. You ask us not to give out of pressure. And I ask if there's anyone here that feels pressured that they would just wait until they don't feel pressured to give. I don't, you, don't, you want us to give out of a joyful heart. So Lord, as we give, it's because we love you and we want to see more of what we're already seeing. And we do it because we love your kingdom and we want to invest in you. And so Lord, I pray your blessing upon this offering that will be used for your kingdom, for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you did not come prepared to begin to, to give, we understand that. If you have a card that you can put in there, a connection card, we'd love for you to put that in there. And uh, we're just so glad that you're here today. All right, are you ready? Should we? I don't know. Should we go get Crystal for the hat reveal? I don't know. Someone, someone, go get Pastor Crystal. She probably needs to see this. So, um, when I first came to the Lighthouse about four and a half years ago. Uh, Darlene Grimes came to me and said, Pastor, I believe that we're supposed to have 300 in church. And I said, I do too. Praise God, I'm right there with you. And uh, she said, so I want to ask you a question. I said, absolutely, anything. She said, when we reach 300, will you wear one of my hats? And I said, sure, I'll wear one of your hats. And so uh, what I didn't know is she wasn't, I don't think they're going to give me, are you going to give me this nice pretty hat? How many of you, anytime you see Darlene, she's always got a hat on, right? So, yeah, she always looks beautiful in her hat. Uh, so, I, I guess it's time for the reveal. Not yet. Not yet? Yeah. Oh, yet? She's oh. got some other stuff for you to, to keep her safe and Oh, she's got some yeah. stuff. Okay, all right. Safe from the hat? Safe. Or, safe. Sa- no, just safe in general. Oh, safe in general. Okay. Yeah. All right, you've got to make it quick so we can meet the other churches the, to the buffet, okay? All right. Okay. Um, When this challenge was made, it was also uh, somebody on the praise team, which I won't name, uh, Randy. Randy. (laughs) That brought this up. You'll pay later. (laughs) So um, I was trying to think, you know, we don't want to embarrass him too much. You know, he's a good pastor and everything. Oh, Um, I'm in trouble. uh, No, (laughs) no. So uh, everybody knows that before COVID, he was a runner. He loved to run. Yep. Okay. Now I noticed when I watched last week that his his you know he mows the grass. That's pretty much what. Yeah. That's exercise. But either way, for exercise. And I have a rider. So I was trying to think of a hat that would encourage him maybe to go back to doing that. So we have some other things here for him too. So this is this is my uh yeah, you gotta, you this is my to, uh you gotta get dressed. This is I my know. you're fat so go running shirt. No, no, no. huh? Okay. All right. So this, <laughs> Oh my goodness! Caution, Pastor. What's it say? Caution, Pastor on a mission. Pastor on a mission. Oh my word! This that's is uh, better, that, than oh, our, my that's better than our. Oh my um, goodness! Better than our. You really planned this out, haven't you? All right. Can you see that? Our team out there. Uh Crystal! Did you team. know they were going to do this? Uh, I don't know. Not. Absolutely. All hot. right. You got know, to keep hydrated. You gotta keep hydrated. Hydrated. So we got a water bottle. All right. Okay. Bottle. All right. Let me zip this up. Oh my that. word! But, Woo, it fits. A That's fit. a miracle right there. I tried it on my own. Jesus husband, is still in no. the miracle working business. All right. <laughs> All right, water bottle. <laughs> water bottle. Oh, a fan. I need if that, you that right want. now. If you oh you my. You just clip, it on your, clip it on your shirt. Oh my goodness! And just, oh, Yes, very lovely. I'm gonna wear this while I preach next week. Yeah. All right, good deal. All right, let me put that on there. All right. And body needs oh, sunglasses okay. outside. It oh, yeah. It if you don't have sunglasses. Oh, However, my word. However, we don't have regular glasses, Ugh. so it might not a good idea. What did I agree well. to? I, no wonder we never had three. I kept sending people away. and this, We have 299. Please go home. Please. Okay. All right. And you're getting older, so sunscreen is very oh, important. Oh, my word. got to have some sunscreen. Oh, 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 I'll sunglasses. Oh, we knew about the sunglasses. All right. If you get too hot and sweaty, uh, you might drip in your eyeballs. <laughs> How many of you know I love Jesus, huh? All right, a headband. I need that right now. All right. You're gonna, I need somebody to help me hold this stuff. <laughs> All right. Here's there we go. Oh there's, okay. oh, there's a bag. Okay. I think, oh, oh, oh. Don't want to break it. Here comes the inspirational part. Inspirational. Oh, no, because I see donuts. Because of has to wear these. He loves donuts. We got him a donut <laughs> mask. Okay. A donut so, 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 mask. Yep. Oh, bandana. my word. Bandana, it's a bandana. It's very multiple. multiple I actually look groups. like I'm about to rob a bank. Okay. I don't know. I want you all this. <laughs> now for the hat. Oh, my goodness. I was trying oh. to think of something me. It's good thing me. I waited until after I preached, huh? Can you still hear me, huh? All right, inspire let's see the hat. to go. So huh? All here right. Here comes your hat. Inspire me to go. Donuts do not inspire me to do better health-wise. I'm going to tell you right now, but... All right. Oh, my goodness. I love donuts. <laughs> all right, everybody, take your pictures. Take your pictures. Where did all these cameras come from? I, oh, I, this is going to be all over, isn't it, huh? I'm gonna have to delete my Facebook page and all that stuff. I don't know. How many of you know I must love you an awful lot to do this, huh? Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, I love you. And I have a feeling you had something to do with this too. Come on, give them a hand, huh? All right, love you. Wow, that was a mood changer, wasn't it? But, you know, how many are watching The Chosen? Oh, you've got to watch The Chosen. You need to get your phone out right now. Open up the App Store or open up Google Play. Download the app called The Chosen. It's free. It's the am- most amazing depiction of Jesus' life. It's a good one. And uh, can you hear me? There we go. Now I definitely look like I'm going to rob a bang. But, uh, yes. Season one is on Peacock TV. Season one is on Peacock TV. But it's awesome because you see, one of my favorite scenes, Jesus has such a great sense.